Good morning. It is eight minutes now past, just about nine minutes past seven o'clock on a Sunday morning. I am Susie Jones. It is about, let's see, 62 degrees right now in the Twin Cities, as you heard Al say, and 89 the expected high on our way to a hot week. Well, this morning we are going to talk about a story that came across my desk as I was perusing uh, story ideas for this Sunday morning. And this story caught my attention, kind of alarming, actually. The Minnesota Poison Control System is reporting an alarming rise in children exposed to opioids such as fentanyl in the state. Illegally manufactured fentanyl is often added to other illicit substances, including other opioids, making it hard for people who use drugs to know what they are ingesting and what they may be exposing to children. So we've invited to the program the director of the Minnesota Poison Control System, Samantha Lee, and Dr. John Cole. Good morning to both of you and welcome, and thank you for coming on. Good morning, Susie. Hi, Samantha. Hi, John. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Well, let's start with uh, Samantha just right out of the gates. Talk about the numbers. What are you seeing now where we sit? It's uh, the summer, yeah, July, so, July 23, 19, 2023. What do you see? Right, so, yeah. so we ran the numbers since 2022. So between 2022 and through the beginning of July, we have been, uh, we have seen about 67, uh, 60, 66 kids under the age of three. Um, so just little kids who are just now learning to crawl, walk, put things in their mouth um, as their behavioral development of stage, um, coming to hospitals in Minnesota because they have been exposed to opioids. So that is certainly alarming because we certainly don't want to see any kids that get exposed to opioids. And Dr. John Cole, what is it that, I mean, how just touching it gets the kids sick? Uh, you know, uh, I think the the actual uh, why of of why they get sick is often very tough to sort out because uh, we, you know, as healthcare providers, we're not witness to to the event that happens. It's very unlikely that any human being would get uh, poisoned by merely touching it, but uh, you know, for instance, uh, illicit fentanyl can fragment into small pieces, and it's frequently much more potent than the opioids that uh, are prescribed. And so uh, it would would be very easy for a small child to get a little fragment of a pill uh, on their fingers. And then, of course, small children uh, uh, put almost everything they encounter in the world into their mouths. Uh, and so we suspect that that is the frequent way that this happens. But, you know, as healthcare providers, uh, we're, we're mostly concerned with uh, minimizing the exposure at all. And so the, the nitty gritty of how they get poisoned isn't as important to us as preventing it in the first place and then treating it when it happens. And to that end, Dr. Cole, that would seem to be a, a pretty big challenge in that the parents that are using fentanyl or other opioids generally are not of the mindset that they're too worried about anything else other than getting high than keeping their house clean. Can either one of you address that and keeping the drugs away from kids? 
and go ahead. Just um, yeah, just jump in one at a time, but try not to oh, step. Sure. Say your name right, and then Bob. start talking. Okay, go ahead. Um, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, Sam. <laughs> That's uh-huh. tough because we're not we're not next to each other today. Um, so, uh, so uh, as far as the mindset goes, so um, you know, uh, I, I, we never know uh, what's going through the the mindset of. Uh, an individual person who uses drugs when they're using, when they're intoxicated uh, and, and who they're necessarily around. And, you know, we, all we know is that these are small children who were exposed and in many of these cases required some kind of treatment uh, or revival with naloxone. But, you know, the, the who, ex- who, where the drugs came from and that sort of thing is, uh, frequently something that we never really deal with as healthcare providers. And so what we mostly focus on is for anybody who has opioids in their home, whether it's because they use them uh, for recreational purposes or because they're prescribed to them, is we want to reinforce the notion that those opioids are dangerous to small children and that they should be treated like any other poison that you have inside the house. So they should be kept up and out of the way, uh, up high where kids can't get them. Preferably, they should be locked up. And uh, just like with medications that are prescribed, they should never be used in front of children to minimize the mimicking behavior that uh, kids are, are so often engaging in. And Sam, do you want to add something? Yeah, and I, I think Dr. Kohlkover, um really the high points of, um, you know, just making sure that we minimize the potential risk. So just putting things away. Um, but also just having, you know, the parents or any adults around, you know, um, to recognize potential symptoms of opioid when they do see anything unusual in their child. You know, whether the child's unresponsive, their breathing is slow, they're looking pale, or lips are blue, um, to know that they need to call 911 to get help and not wait around and see how their child would do. All right. It is 7.15 on News Talk 830 WCCO. My name is Susie Jones. We have as guests this morning Samantha Lee, director of the Minnesota Poison Control System, along with Dr. John Cole talking about children being exposed to opioids and fentanyl and getting sick. We also have the rest of this hour to take your calls and questions about this or any other topic related to poison control because we are in the middle of summer and kids get into, as you said, all kinds of things. So we'll talk about some of that after this. Reminding you, once again, if you're listening and you want to call or you just want to text your question, we are at 651-461-9226. Again, 651-461-9226. We're back right after this. And we're back. It is just about 719 on a Sunday morning. Not a bad morning. Sun's out there. A little hazy, 62 degrees right now up out our way. I guess we're going to see a high today of about 89. It's going to be hot coming up this week, so be aware of that. Right now, though, we're talking about the Minnesota Poison Control System reporting an alarming increase in the number of children exposed to opioids like fentanyl. It's illegally manufactured. Fentanyl is often added to other illicit substances, including other opioids, making it difficult for people who use drugs to know actually what they're ingesting. And it's very, very dangerous. And children 
are inadvertently becoming sick because it's around. And it's not just like fentanyl drugs. It could be like an opioid or a painkiller that you might take for a condition that you have. Just really, really, really be careful of what you have around the house to keep it clear of children. Samantha Lee is with us. She's director of the Minnesota Poison Control System, along with Dr. John Colm. We're talking about ways in which we can all help do our part to make sure that kids are safe. We also want to invite you to the program. You're always welcome to talk about this or any other poison-related topic at 651-461-9226. Again, you can call that number, or you can just text. A lot of people like to just text 651-461-9226. Dr. Cole, kind of start with you. I know that uh, Sam mentioned it at the onset, but when the kids arrive to the emergency room, I would imagine, what generally are they looking like, and and how is it treated? So... uh... Opioid poisoning uh, is one of those things that looks pretty similar uh, between adults and children. So the major signs that someone is poisoned with an opioid are unconsciousness or decreased level of consciousness to start and then unconsciousness and coma as they get more severely poisoned, uh, a very slow rate of breathing or not breathing at all, and again, The more severe the poisoning, the slower the breathing is to the point of, you know, respiratory arrest. And then really, really small pupils, like uh, people commonly refer to them as pinpoint pupils because they're, uh, you know, the size of a pinpoint. And uh, those are kind of the main signs for it. And so when we are alerted to these cases, uh, it's frequently a child that's otherwise a normal active uh, child that's found uh, unconscious, not breathing, uh, and uh, uh, dangerously quiet. And how do you bring them back? Uh, Well, there's sort of two really important pieces to this. The first is that the goal of treating opioid poisoning is always to restore normal breathing. And so the immediate way that you can do that uh, if you have the equipment uh, or you took uh, or you're old enough to have taken um, first aid uh, like I did, where we actually used to do rescue breathing, is to breathe for the patient. So um, we, for healthcare workers, we carry bag valve masks, right? And we, you know, that's that thing you used to see on TV where we put a mask over your face and have a bag that we squeeze and uh, breathe for you. But you can uh, perform rescue breathing, especially for a child. That's a very easy thing to do. And then the treatment of choice is a drug called naloxone or Narcan. Uh, And there uh, are kits now available for uh, naloxone, Narcan, uh, that you can uh, purchase at a pharmacy. It's now legal uh, to buy over-the-counter without a prescription um, uh, and uh, your healthcare provider, of course, can always write your prescription too. If you need one, they're relatively cheap. Uh, lots of foundations will give them away. But Narcan can be administered many different ways. Uh, the most common ways that we see it are it's sprayed in the nose uh, or it's a single injection that you can give um, typically in the thigh. And that will, depending on when the poisoning occurred, can reverse the poisoning within seconds if it's relatively recent. Is there 
uh, permanent damage that can be done as a result when you have a child that suffers from something like this? Um, so the answer is, is always yes, because the poisoning results in a lack of breathing and children's brains are very sensitive to a lack of oxygen. So uh, this is one of those things where uh, minutes matter and even seconds matter in terms of restoring normal breathing. And so if the poisoning happens and it's recognized within a few uh, seconds, uh, maybe a minute or two, uh, and rescue breathing is given or Narcan is given, naloxone is given, and the child awakens, they uh, can proceed and have uh, no uh, long-term effects whatsoever. The longer they go without oxygen, the more dangerous it is. So uh, up, up until the point of having their heart stop, and then, of course, then they become a cardiac arrest patient, and that's an even higher uh, risk um, group. And so it, it, the, the answer is yes. It just depends on how long it is until normal breathing is restored. Uh, Samantha, would you like to jump in at all at this point? I know I sort of have taken time from Dr. Cole as he's speaking about this. What comes to mind for you? Yeah, um, I, I think he hi- highlighted really good points about, you know, what you expect, what what we do in the healthcare system when managing these cases. I think it's also important for families to um like Dr. Cole say, you know, if you do have opioids around to obtain the naloxone home kit, just to have it around the home, should you ever, hopefully never, but should you ever need to use it. But also if you ever have any questions about opioids um, or, you know, prevention tips um, or if someone, you know, you're you're questioning, you know, if anyone got into it and they're not having symptoms. It's all, um, the poison center is always there as an excellent resource uh, for, you know, all residents um, to use. Uh, this can be reached by the 1-800-222-1222 number. Um, it is uh, available 24-7-365. And the poison center line is managed by uh, specially trained pharmacists who um, who specialize in toxicology and everything uh, when it comes to potential poisonings. So it's a good resource to utilize, you know, whether it's for opioids or anything else around the home that the child gets into or bites and things, you know, we're available and it's totally free and yeah. confidential. And that number again, say it out loud and say it slowly so people can write it down. Kind of one of those numbers you probably should have on your refrigerator, correct? Absolutely. (laughs) On your refrigerator, I would even recommend saving into your phone um, as a contact. That way, if you need it, you don't have to rush to Google and find your phone or anything that's right there. So that number for the Poison Center, toll free, is 1-800- Two 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 one two two two. So a pretty number, pretty easy number, I should say, in terms of remembering. What we want to do maybe is, as we wrap up our conversation on uh, what you're seeing in terms of children and opioid accidental consumption, other things that you're running into this summer, and we want to open up the phone lines as well. Are there kind of common? 
poisonings that happen in the summer that people need to know about. What else do you see in the summer? So we'll do that. Listen, we'll take a quick break for some weather, and then we'll reset on the other side, and we will make sure that we get to some of your questions as well. 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. We're back right after this. Good morning and welcome back. We are talking all things health on this Sunday morning at 732-651-461-9226. We're talking about poisoning of children, accidental poisoning of children and adults. 651-461-9226. Our guest this morning, Samantha Lee, is the director of the Minnesota Poison Control System, along with Dr. John Cole, an emergency doctor specializing in this field. Uh, welcome back to both of you. Uh, let's start with uh, Samantha, if you wouldn't mind. Kind of talk, shifting away a little bit about what are some of the poisons that are ingested or what do you see typically in the summer when it comes to people calling in with, with concerns and and issues, problems? Yeah, there are certain things that we see a lot more in the summer, um, particularly because people, children, are spending more time outdoors. So, you know, if we have a child that's playing outside while they're hiking, um, certainly, you know, wild berries and mushrooms are um, pretty enticing things for these little kiddos to grab and put in their mouth and ingest. Um, We also see, you know, potential bites and stings from critters that may be outdoors. Um, So, you know, things in the nature we can certainly see exposure to. But there are also things around the home um, that could potentially be dangerous for kiddos. Um, You know, if people have these tiki torches out in their deck, um, the fuel uh, from that or a lighter fluid for barbecue or any of those lamp oils or hydrocarbons. Um, Sometimes they may be, you know, um, be in containers similar to, you know, an apple juice uh, where kiddos might drink it. And a hydrocarbon can be concerned because it can cause aspiration to the lung, so um, um, can cause a lot of issues from that. And I think another big thing that we need to remember is um, as, you know, families gather around bonfires in the evening, um, often there are these additive packets that you can throw into the fire to make the sparkles um, different colors. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes those packages almost, packages almost look like um, candies that we eat, the ones that, you know, pop in your mouth. Um, and we've had children who mistakenly eaten those packages um, and have, you know, resulted in severe burns in down their mouth, their throats, and causing a lot of issues and problems within their bodies um, because of the copper sulfate that's contained in those. Um, so, you know, even though we're in the house, outside the house, there's just a lot of things that, you know, it's important for parents to um, look around the surroundings to see what's around, put things away, or keep an eye on the kiddos. And Dr. Cole, you wanted to add anything to that about what you see particularly in your practice? Uh, Those are all great uh, uh, summer uh, poisons to be aware of. Uh, One of the other really common ones that we see is uh, windshield wiper fluid and antifreeze. Really? Yeah, automotive products are, are really common. And, you know, windshield wiper fluid is uh, bright blue, looks a lot like uh, blue Gatorade. 
uh, and the ethylene glycol that is in uh, antifreeze uh, can be kind of bright yellow colored, so looking a little bit sort of like the lemon lime Gatorade and um, uh, or Mountain Dew products like that. And you know, people uh, understandably want to conserve their products, and so one of the common mistakes we see made is they'll have some leftover uh, windshield wiper fluid or uh, engine coolant. And they'll want to look for a place to store that. Uh, and one of the things we frequently see is people will store it in Gatorade bottles, oh, leftover geez. Gatorade bottles, because the top is wide. It's really easy to pour it into. Some of our own staff members have even made this mistake on occasion. And uh, it's, uh, it's just so easy to do. And then all of a sudden you have a bottle full of poison that looks just like uh, a, uh, an energy drink. And is that something that the person that mistakenly drinks it, whether it's a child or an adult, being that it's in that bottle, um, right? How quickly do you get sick, and what is the resp- do you just throw up? Do you, I mean, what is what happens when you drink windshield wipers? So <laughs> we those we we bring those two poisons up because they're on the short list of things that are among household products where. A single uh, mouthful or swallow could be potentially life-threatening to either really? a child or an adult. Yeah, depending on how much you drink. Um, the toxic chemical in windshield wiper fluid that we're most concerned with is methanol, which uh, in severe poisoning causes blindness, and then ultimately you can be fatal. You can die from it. It, it causes accumulation of acid in your blood, and, and uh, you die from the, the uh, acid itself inside your blood. And the same thing is true with engine coolant so the uh, or uh, antifreeze. So the uh, chemical that we worry about there is called ethylene glycol, and that one causes kidney failure, and then ultimately the same thing, you can die from the acid accumulation in your blood as well. That is amazing to me that that product just sitting around. I can't imagine it tastes very good, though, right? I mean- interestingly, interestingly enough... <laughs> That methanol doesn't taste good. It it uh, it's an alcohol. It's very very similar to ethyl alcohol, right? Which is of course you know the, one of the most commonly consumed beverages on the planet. Um, ethylene glycol in engine uh, in antifreeze is a little bit trickier because the re- reason it carries its name glycol is because uh, it it uh, it's chemically different, but it tastes and acts a little bit more like a sugar. So it is a little bit sweet tasting. It's not normal tasting. And so people don't mistake it for regular, um, uh, for regular uh, products uh, at all, but uh, it it is a little bit riskier in that fashion. But generally how these cases go is if it's an adult, they accidentally drink it and go, Oh, that doesn't taste like something I should be drinking. And they call us and then we do a calculation and figure out if they need to go into the hospital or not for treatment. And for smaller children, we have to do a little bit more sleuthing over the phone to figure out is this amount safe enough to watch at home or do they need to go into the hospital for monitoring and potentially treatment. All right. Very good. 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. That is our city's one talk and text line. And we always have time for you. And we are talking about Stuff you eat or drink inadvertently around your house that can make you sick or kill you, as we just learned about windshield wiper fluid. It's just kind of amazing to me that, you know, there are a lot of 
potential hazards right in your midst that you don't really even recognize as being potentially deadly, right? It's true. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that we're – oh, sorry, Sam. I, uh, uh, I'll be quick. One of the things that we're, that we're, we're so um, uh, proud of at, at the Poison Center is, while it's true that, uh, you know, the first lesson of toxicology is that all things are poisoned and the dose makes the poison, um, most of the time when you call us from your home, about 90% of the time, whether it's an adult or a child, we can safely keep you at home with some monitoring after doing a little bit of risk stratification and sleuthing uh, to work through the problem with you. But it is true that you don't always know what's dangerous around your home. And so that's why we're always there and we always want to know. If you're not sure, give us a call at 1-800-222-1222. Sorry, Sam, I interrupted you. That's okay. I didn't mention who to start first. (laughs) Sam, go ahead. Totally. Um, You know, we, we mentioned a lot of things that are not intended to be taken by mouth, you know, any of these chemicals. But I think another thing, too, important for us to realize is the medications that we have at home can potentially be really problematic, too. So anything from, you know, pain reliever like acetaminophen or ibuprofen or, you know, if you have, you know, blood pressure medicine um, or, you know, antidepressants like bupropion, um, you know, kids like we talked about, they're always... Um, very um, exploratory in their environment, surroundings, what they can get into. They love to watch what the adults are doing and mimic what they do. And also, um, you know, if there's a change in their routine, whether they're traveling or they have grandparents visiting and maybe, you know, they venture into the luggage, um, have, you know, find the pill minder from grandpa. Uh, you know, those are always things that, you know, we deal with on a day-to-day basis at the Poison Center uh, where, you know, the family will call to ask us, what should we do next? So, you know, of course, we always want to prevent these from happening in the first place. Um, So, you know, we mentioned this several places, you know, storing them away, up and away from the reach of the children, making sure things are locked, um, you know, and then call the Poison Center if you do have a potential exposure and our experts will be able to help guide you. 651-461-9226. I remember years ago, I'm, I know a lot of parents share this story to both of you where the child got into the medicine while you're in the car driving to a family gathering. My son, I think, was three, and he said, medicine, medicine, he was saying in the back seat, maybe two, and I looked, and he had drank the entire bottle of children's, you know, whatever it was, pain reliever. Yep. And I just had a heart attack and we went, yeah. you know, we went to the emergency room and basically like Dr. Cole was saying, we just waited to see what, you know, or they were monitoring what his behavior would be. But it, you know, it, there are lots of ways, lots of ter- steps that you need to be careful about when you're traveling. Traveling seems like a big one because you're out of your routine. Yeah. Would you say? Oh yeah. Yeah. And either you want to take that Dr. Cole? Oh, sure. I mean, traveling, whether it's just across town uh, or traveling for the summer, camping, we certainly get calls where uh, people are camping and and they have products with them. Uh, And just like you said, uh, you know, medications all have different safety margins. There are some pain relievers that uh, are over the counter that are actually very safe uh, in overdose. And then there are some that uh, have very 
razor thin safety margins and it's really important to not take any more than prescribed. And rather than trying to memorize all that, um, give us a call when that happens because we may be able to save you that very expensive uh, emergency department copay right. uh, and keep you out of the hospital. Uh, or we can do the math and get you in in time to get treatment because there are some poisons like uh, Tylenol. If you take too much Tylenol, no matter how much you take, if we get you in early enough, you're always going to be okay. If we wait too long, uh, you can have permanent damage to your liver or, or same thing. Uh, it can be fatal if, uh, if there's too much Tylenol taken in. All right. We're going to take our final break of the hour, 651-461-9226. If you have a question for our guest this morning, 651-461-9226. And we are back for the final segment of the hour. It is 7.50. That's what I'm saying right now. 62 degrees on Newstalk 830 WCCO. My name is Susie Jones, your host every Sunday morning, unless I'm gone, which I have been a lot, right, Charlie, all summer long. I'm sorry. I'm just enjoying myself. And in the winter, I'll stay here, <laughs> which makes I guess it makes no sense. I should be leaving other times. Anyway, we are so happy to have with us on our news line, our city's one talk and text line, and our, I think I'm saying it wrong, Charlie, John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline is Samantha Lee, Director of Minnesota Poison Control System, and Dr. John Cole, uh, toxicology specialist and also emergency doctor. So as we wrap this up, Sam, I want to ask you, Tell us a little bit about the Poison Control Center. How long has it been around, and what is the work primarily that you do? Yeah, so the Poison Center actually just celebrated uh, our 50th anniversary last year. So we have been serving the state of Minnesota since 1972. Um, So our Poison Center, uh, of course, we um, have the emergency line, the 1-800-222-1222. So we're staffed by specially trained pharmacists who are um, toxicology experts, and we take calls 24-7, 365 from residents um, and also from healthcare providers for anything poisoning-related, whether it's a little kid that got into a blood pressure medicine, um, you're all hiking uh, bit by a snake, um, or, you know, if someone overdoses and shows up to a hospital, we're able to help provide um, the expert management for these patients um, just to ensure that everyone um, stays, you know, um, safe and healthy at the end of it. Um, and so it's, you know, it's a great resource, you know, to make sure we save that phone number around so should you ever need us, that we're available for you. And Sam, I have a quick follow-up to you. Are you under the umbrella of Hennepin Healthcare? Are you standalone? Like, how do you, how are you in existence? Oh, so Hennepin Healthcare is our host institute, um, but the Poison Center is actually a entity that's um, um, under the state law to provide the service for the state, uh, uh, for the state of Minnesota. And Dr. Cole, for me, if you wouldn't mind, sort of what's your role in the Minnesota Poison Control System? Oh, uh, so I'm the medical director. Uh, I um, write clinical guidelines uh, to help the pharmacist make decisions real time. And then 
Uh, I'm also available to them when guidelines and protocols can't uh, solve all of our problems to help troubleshoot uh, tricky cases or when someone's really critically ill. And then I'm extremely lucky to have a big group of other medical toxicologists, other physicians who uh, also have subspecialty training in toxicology who also take call for us. So uh, we have a whole team of doctors that work together and one of us is on call every single day of the year to help everyone in Minnesota and actually North and South Dakota as well uh, with uh, whatever poisoning emergency we have. Well, before we run out of time, I mentioned at the onset of the program that we are going to, we are in the middle or heading into a very, very hot, hot stretch of weather. Um, I know, I suppose sunstroke and heat, sun poisoning is something that's real. What, uh, Dr. Cole, can you tell us about what people should think about? Because we've really not had this kind of crazy hot weather and we've seen different places like in Arizona dealing with 113 degrees. So talk about the heat as it relates to people getting sick and what to do. Yeah, uh, it's really important uh, to stay cool over the next uh, few days. So uh, it's, uh, it seems very uh, simple to say, but when you start to feel like you're getting too hot, remember it's really, really important to uh, get yourself cool, whether that's getting into the shade uh, getting inside, getting access to air conditioning uh, if you can. Uh, and the hotter it is, the less time you have to be out in that really uh, hot environment before you can get sick from it to get either uh, um, uh, any of the usual heat illnesses that we have, either um, heat exhaustion or uh, the most severe form, which is called heat stroke. Uh, and some really important things to consider are uh, people who are at the extremes of age, are at a much higher risk. So those same small children we're trying to protect from poisoning, it's going to be really important to protect them from the heat as well. So it's really easy for them to get overheated and get sick from that. Uh, and for people who have a few more years on them or people who are uh, chronically ill at all, uh, especially if you take medications that can dry you out as well or prevent your ability to sweat, right? Because we sweat and that's how uh, we mostly regulate our temperature when it gets really hot. So when you take medications uh, that can prevent you from sweating, that puts you at higher risk. Uh, and your ability to sweat as you age starts to go down too. So uh, you just need to be a little bit more careful as you have a few more years on you. Uh, and getting inside uh, is really, really important. The differentiating from heat exhaustion up to heat stroke, which is the most severe version, uh, really comes down to kind of two things. When, we're, when we start to get too hot, we sweat a lot, and then there reaches a point where we can't sweat anymore. And so if you're hot and dry, that's very concerning, and you need to get inside right away. And the time where it's really, really important to seek medical care is if you get so hot that you start to get confused. That confusion or um, uh, change in mental status, that's what defines heat stroke. And heat stroke is a medical emergency, and if someone's hot and confused, you need to call 911 and get them to an emergency department right away. All right. Thank you both for being part of the program today. Uh, Sam, give that 1-800 number one last time before we end the show. Absolutely. You can reach the Poison Center at 1-800-222-1222, and that's available 24-7, 365, totally free and confidential. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Thank you so much.